FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. We would like to thank our 2022 FinTech Hunting Sponsors, Encelerate, Equifax, WFG Enterprise Solutions, CoreLogic, BeSmarty, Anomaly Squared, SourcePoint, Total Expert, and Next Level Advisors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have an absolute amazing guest for you today. She's a certified mortgage banker. She's an industry thought leader. She's a coach. She's passionate about process improvement, executive leadership. She's a force to be reckoned with, but most of all, she's a dear friend. Please help me welcome to the show, Ruth Lee, founder and CEO of Big Think. Ruth, welcome to the show. Well, that is awfully warm and welcoming. Thank you. I've been here before, but it's, you know, you have done such a wonderful job at helping the industry really understand, you know, how fintech is impacting their world. Uh, well, thank you. And it is great to see you, my friend. Welcome to the show and welcome back to the show. And, and as we dive in, we don't have to go through your whole history. Everyone knows you're an incredible leader. Everyone knows you have tons of years of experience in mortgage lending. You've owned companies, you've sold companies, you've helped people do the same thing. Let's dive right in. What are some of the issues? What are some of your observations, kind of the biggest pain points lenders are struggling with in today's market? Well, you know, I think that right now everybody is struggling much with the same challenges, right? We spent two years going through absolutely banner volume that we as an industry did what we normally do. We spackled it with bodies, <laughs> right? As many yep. bodies as we possibly could. And, you know, we even went through some bidding wars on some of the more expensive bodies like underwriters, etc. But during that entire process, what we didn't do was spend a ton of time on refining process, making it better, you know, really getting the manufacturing and some people, you know, really get angry about the manufacturing term, but, you know, in creating the asset of the mortgage loan. You know, we've had some outside vendors who have had incredible um, gains within that that place. But, you know, where I think that the market is going right now is it's doing the natural change from what is ostensibly a business rules based world where we stuff our data through an engine. It goes through the business rules. And then it spits out a response. This was really, you know, I mean, this was the 70s and the 80s when we were doing this with AUS. I mean, this was when that became normalized was really the 90s. And there hadn't right. been any huge earth shattering things that have happened. And that's why I want to talk about AI. 
Awesome. Well, let, we're going to jump into AI in a second. And I love how you talk about there hasn't been the massive thing. I know every vendor and for those vendors that support fintech and come to our thing, we love you. But when we talk about truly transformative disruption, let's start talking about the impact that AI can have and, and kind of where do you see it? Then I'll share some of my views of where I can see some mm. quick uplifts for AI. But you have a wealth of experience, and I'd love to hear kind of your view on AI. I'm not scared of it. I think people that say, oh, everyone's going to lose their job. Everyone's not going to lose their job. I think nope. the people that should be scared are the ones that are not well-informed and the low producers. Because what I have found with mm -hmm. AI, if you don't know the subject matter, if you don't know the prompts, it really doesn't right. matter. I'm not a programmer, and AI can do programming. I don't know what the hell to tell it to do to program. So AI is really not going to do a lot for me in programming. You know, first I want to talk about AI and, you know, the, the Terminator clause. Because, you know, I mean, unfortunately, most of us, especially Gen Zers, we grew up with the idea that, you know, AI was going to take over the world and it's it's going to take over the world. And then, you know, of course, some um, buff woman and a, a little child is going to have to save us from, you know, our certain doom and they're going to run around and there's going to be something in the California River and then boom, we're all going to be saved. But, you know, I want to explain what ChatGPT is because it's been kind of the biggest one and it's a really easy way to give it a metaphor. And I'll give you a metaphor in its own words because I wrote this for something else. You know, think of ChatGPT like a parrot, a parrot on some serious brain boosting bird seed. You know, it can squawk out all the fancy phrases. It can go and find long-winded lectures. It can blend them together. It can translate bird calls from any language. And it can even whip up a poem that can make a nightingale weep. But don't be fooled. Just like a parrot, it doesn't understand a word it is saying. It doesn't have some kind of emotional response. It is all just mimicry based on countless hours it spent eavesdropping on internet chatter, on the data that it has been fed. And oh, a heads up, don't, don't bother asking for its favorite color, its favorite, you know, does it like pineapple on pizza? It doesn't have beliefs. It doesn't have feelings. So no matter how convincingly it words the squawk, it's really just a smart parrot. A product of some folks called at OpenEye who might have just had a bit too much caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and it continues to grow. And why does it continue to grow? I'll, I'll answer that in here in just a second because I, I think, you know, why now? is is a really important word and not to not to seed you with a question um but i think why now is a really interesting one yeah i do too and, and so let's dive into that in a second of you know why now i think people have to realize it's a tool right mm -hmm. it's not always accurate i had somebody send me a write-up about myself and they're like hey i didn't know you did this and and it was like a whole paragraph and i'm like I've never even heard of that organization. It's not true. It was just it's wrong. It's all the Michael Hammonds in the world. And it went and found it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was mortgage related, but it was some association that I don't even think exists in the mortgage industry. 
And it, it said that I had done these incredible things and I'm, and they're like, Hey, this is really cool. Congrats. And I'm like, well, thank you. But uh, I don't know where the, you know, but so, untrue. Yeah. So <laughs> people have to know that you still have to know the subject matter, but it can be a super booster for, you know, I run a number of marketing programs, campaigns and all that. Maybe if I don't need five people, maybe I could do it with two people as a system booster with some of the tools. But why do you think so much is being talked about with AI and chat? And then I'll get into some of the other AI tools I use. Well, you know, I mean, you know, um, OpenAI recently came out with ChatGPT. And it was, and that was last year, actually. And it just exploded because it became a very accessible way. You know, you had Dolly, you have Midjourney who can develop art. You know, it became a very um, easy and accessible way for you, me, my mom, who hates technology, to come in and have access to high, I mean, it it's amazing. I mean, if you want to write a letter to your renter, best place to go. Go in there, write out exactly what your goal is and what you were trying to say, and it will pull from all of the world of great letters, and it will whoop, come in and provide you with a great letter. Doesn't know who the who is being. It doesn't understand any of the backstory. It just knows how to compose the picture. It's just like when you go to Midjourney, you put into Midjourney a prompt and there's a whole world for prompt engineers. And it's just about how you put in what you are asking for. And if you put in, you know, realistic girl signing her mortgage loan um, in photorealistic vector form, it'll give you a vector, something that'll go right on your PowerPoint. If you put it in, if you forget to put vector form, it'll put you a picture of an amalgam of some girl signing something. And, you know, it's very compelling because it's, it's pretty, it's all of that, but it doesn't come with original thought. The original thought is all of the data that has been loaded up into it. And the original thought comes from who is doing the prompts. That is so true. And I think the people that will really leverage AI are the people that understand the power of the prompt. And to your point, it doesn't know who the people are on the other end. It doesn't know even the person putting in the prompt. And one of the areas and one of the things that I've been able to teach recently is if you have a great personal positioning statement, this is Ruth Lee. I have this background. I have that background. I've accomplished this, that, and the other thing. And in the prompt, whatever you're asking it, I need 10 social media posts to promote big think, blah, 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 to this target audience using this copy. And if you drop in your personal statement, that, that whole, the level of personalization now just went up exponentially. Now it's getting a little closer right. to something that Ruth Lee would say versus Michael Hammond versus just any Joe Blow down the street. And while it's getting better, I mean, you know, ChatGPT was trained up until September of 2021. Or yeah, 2022. I think right at the tip of maybe even the 
early part of 2022, we we can look it up to get the exact. And and so you have like this huge gap of information. I mean, if you were to ask it about the end of COVID, they don't have any information about that. And so OpenAI is just this engine. And I want to talk about why now? Why has this all of a sudden popped out now? You know, one, in order to work, it needs three things. One, it needs a very large data pool. And the reason is, is because data isn't just, you know, if you have all this data, you have half of it that will go to training it, and then half of it that will go to testing it, making sure it's giving the right answers. And so, you know, even if with all of the data that we were, that we have, it has this interesting two, you know, it has to go into two different directions. So you have to cut it right down the middle every single time. Now, in the last 10 years, I think that the industry could, um, no one could argue that we haven't picked up so much data. I mean, whether it's data that is required to go to um, the federal federal regulators with HMDA, whether it's data that is going to the GSEs through the AUS. Um, now we have the uniform um, the the uniform platform for securitization. I mean, there's so many pieces that have gotten very large. Then you take on the fact that most city and counties have gone digital. So that information is available as data and it's free data. You have the entire federal government as well as governments around the world that have gone on to data. I mean, you we have created a data pool that is worthy of training such a very large thing. Number two, do you want me to keep going? Keep going, Ruth, you're doing great. Number two, which is processing speed. I mean, until we had the processing speed that could do it, we were really in, I mean, okay, but it would feel like, you know, that, that old saying where they have a hamster in the wheel crunching (laughs) along in the back. But over the last 10, 15 years, we have been really improving our computational speed and power. I mean, the amount of power that we can have to go out and do this entire, I mean, people talk about data lakes. I mean, imagine this isn't a data lake. This is a data ocean. This is almost like a data galaxy at some point because it's gotten so big. And I think that they were saying that we create, you know, just us, you know, our footprint is something like, you know, 1.2 trillion gig uh, a day. Isn't that crazy? I mean, and it doesn't go away. We store it because that's number three. That's number three. So we talked about the data size. We talked about processing power. And then we need a place to store it. I mean, you know, you can't put it on a thumb drive. (laughs) You know, and it's part of the reason that when you look at crypto, it has been so powerful. You know, one of the challenges that they have is that they are sucking up all of this processing power only for the only for the the value of of mining some tiny um, little portion of uh, of a uh, of an ethereum or of you know whatever coin it is that they are they are mining and so you know and it was taking down whole grids I mean I know that there are places where it was taking down whole grids in China because they had these huge rooms filled with servers just crunching those numbers that takes processing power 
but and then they would get the little piece that's all they needed to store on the other side of this they need storage and if we were ever to even think about the idea of blockchain storage is key so Sorry. let's talk about okay so you made those three great points and i couldn't agree more of you know why now that kind of those stars have aligned where do you see the use of ai in mortgage is it on the back end is it to improve certain processes is it to trigger events is it a incremental improvement or do you think it's a radical change in some areas well, I think, you know, in, in anything mortgage-based, there is some level of glacial speed to <laughs> accomplishment. And and that's not because, you know, and people are like, why is the mortgage industry so slow? Well, it's because we do important things. And there's a lot of regulations wrapped around it, too. Mm -hmm. you, and know? We do, you know? And we do important things with people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> And getting it wrong is bad. It's, you know, it's bad for them. It's bad for us. We go out of business. You know, so one of the things that I think that we will, you know, let, let's talk about the back end because I think it's really important. You know, overall, as I talked about how AI would change from more of a business rule based decisioning engine um, IBM came out with Watson several years ago and right. Watson was fascinating and everybody in the industry was like, that doesn't make sense. Well, now it really does. I mean, there's so much data and let's say that instead of being able to look and cut everybody into a smaller and smaller bucket, this is a smaller 775 bucket. They've been on the job for this long. They've got this much money in the bank. They've done had their credit history looks like this. If I take them through all of my business rules, here is my answer. AI has a different approach. AI has the ability to, to do that. I mean, they can do the waterfall. They can do a decisioning waterfall, but they also have the ability to look at any other type of algorithm, you know, whether it is regression, um, standard deviation. I mean, there, there's so many different options and it can do them simultaneously. Right. And so we have the ability to look at a borrower, not only, you know, and, you know, determine whether they are likely to default in ways we've never had to do it before. And so when you think on the back end, what that is going to mean is, you know, well, can we fine tune capital requirements for banks? Can we fine tune risk requirements for investors rather than this what if a bad thing happened, we would be able to telegraph out all of those doomsday scenarios, be able to see long in advance the doomsday scenario that is coming, be able to see, you know, because I, I hate to say it, but on the Department of Labor, I know when, you know, X box store of pillows and might is going to lay off 4,000 people. Right. I know what yep. impact that's going to have to that community. I know what that multiplier in that, you know, those people aren't going to have money, what that's going to mean. They're going to take other jobs that, you know, all of that can be built in. And so you have a decisioning engine that is so unbelievably powerful and it can work on the other side. Now imagine working on retail. That's exciting. 
See, I agree. Now, have you seen any examples? Do you, have you seen anyone start implementing components of AI that you say, hey, that's really starting to work? I see, I've seen it on the lead gen front for a lot of loan officers who struggled with content mm-hmm. creation, who struggled with frequency of getting their message and story told in a dynamic and compelling way. But what are some examples that you've seen out there in the industry? It really, you know, it is a fine task doer. You know, and and that's when I say task doer, I mean that, you know, if you have somebody, for example, who is looking to um, go out and determine are all 250 documents in this file. AI can go and do that. And the only way that it could do it and everybody for years and years was like, OCR is garbage. Well, it was garbage because it didn't have enough data. And it didn't have enough testing and everybody was taking it in their own direction. But at the end of the day, if AI can tell me that it is Ruth Lee, my social security number, when I signed it, how I signed it, and it has a, and it can cross compare. Imagine what as an original, as a processor, as an underwriter, as a post closer that you can do if you have a file that on the top of it has a, an inventory. It has all these things. Are well, you happy? Well, just think about what that would do to lower the cost to originate, right? I mean, it's almost 13000 or depending on who you talk to, $13,000 alone. What could AI do to lower that? I and mean, what impact would that have on the industry and profitability that even if volumes are down, if instead of losing money on a loan, you now have cut that from 13000 to 8000 Remember what I said right at the beginning? Remember how in the last two years, we tend to spackle our problems with bodies. Doesn't matter what bodies. And I've worked overseas. I've worked with, you know, it, it doesn't matter. People who don't know what you're talking about don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so the advantage of AI is that you can train it to do tasks. You could train it to, you know, there's a wide variety of tasks. I've seen it start doing pre-decisioning and underwriting. I've started seeing it getting more involved in document management. It's definitively going to get involved in pricing. Um, You think about, you know, how, what all of, of this really means. I mean, if you could predictively price whether somebody, um, you know, was not, I mean, for example, um, maybe you have somebody who you can want to price who has, uh, you know, they're not wealthy, but they're retired. They've been living in their house for 30 years. They've got a background, you know, and you know that they're probably going to be there for another 10 to 15 years. You know, it really helps create more of a tailored and customized pricing solution to that particular borrower. Now, is that happening? I think that it's nascent, but it's beginning to happen. I think that it's happening in marketing and sales a lot. But I'm going to give you a story because I want to make sure that everybody hears this because, you know, don't don't buy the hype. You know, I went through and I was like, I'm going to write. I want to somebody asked me the question about short pays. Okay. Short pays or interest credits are when you close the loan early in the month and instead of giving the borrower another month to pay, they will pay, let's say you close on May 2nd, they're going to pay on June 1st. 
but a short pay or an interest credit is a credit that the banker will give of two days worth of whatever of of, of odd days interest so that when they get their sub, their payment it is substantially the same as all of the other ones it's a short pay so I put that into chat GPT thinking, oh my God, let me ask my new best friend. You want to came back with? Short sale. <laughs> Those See, are not the same. And I, I think it's so critical. It is a tool, but mm -hmm. you have to have people that know what they're doing yes. using the tool. And, and that's why I use that programmer. I'm not a programmer. So me trying to program code in chats, probably not going to be real effective. I do know sales. I do know marketing. So I know, hey, that's correct. That's not correct. You have to have subject matter expertise to be effective. You could get some young kid in here and say, give me 20 posts. And to your point earlier about chat only going up to a certain time frame. Well, if you asked something about specifically about mortgage rates, it's going to tell you how low they are right now. And there's not one damn person who's going to look at you and say, wow, you're really an expert saying how low rates are when they're hovering around seven. You know, and open, you know, and as you look at that and you bring up such a cool point because, you know, you're not the programmer, but it can do a lot of the rudimentary jobs. I mean, I think for, let's be honest, we as an industry have worshipped at the altar of the programmer for a really long time. They know a whole language that we don't know. I mean, because they do. Right. Absolutely. The great part about, you know, the chat GPT, when you put it onto an engine that can really help you, it has the ability to identify anomalies. It has the ability to go through and do testing in ways that it just isn't as effective. Now, does that mean that we we still don't need somebody to go through? I mean, somebody has to create the thing that has to be tested. Somebody exactly. Has, you know what I mean? And and Ruth, you have a better. wealth of knowledge. You and I could talk about this I for know. hours. I can't believe we've already been talking for about twenty five minutes on this topic. But <gasps> I'm so sorry. You are welcome back anytime. One last question. Where do you kind of see this going, at least in the near term? Where do you, do you see AI starting to continue to get more adoption before the end of the year? Is it going to be major adoption in 2024? Give me kind of your last parting shots on that. And then, like I said, you are welcome back anytime. You are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. I always love working with you. Um, you know, I'll tell you um, right now, uh, money's running a little short with mortgage bankers. So you can see the vendors are trying to come up with anything that they can to help pare down the cost to originate. Um, you have other originators who have spent the last five years trying to build their own thing. Um, I think that, you know, you know, open AI and really the whole AI movement, we're a little bit slow, but I see as it chipping away at us by the end of the year, probably more in the origination arena, because that's where it will prove out and be able to say, you did this, here's the money. Um, on the other side, which it will be more in pairing out efficiencies and productivity, that'll be over the next two to three years. But I don't think that people should be like, oh, well, you know, we'll wait for like 2030. That ain't happening. It's, hum it's coming. And <laughs> it is exponentially faster. I agree. And with that speed, and if you can get the accuracy, you're going to lower costs. Ruth, 
I can't thank you enough for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. Fantastic. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow. Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Accelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. Schedule your personal demo today at Incelerate.com. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com. Tired of logging into different systems to check your loan pipeline? Ready to update your processes to meet today's digital borrowers? Now you can with BSmarty's all-in-one mortgage technology solution. Save yourself time and money and wow your borrowers. Find out how at BeSmarty.com.